Hey, Scott. Hey, Nick. Oh, what's up? Why do you look so down? I just... I can't believe Back to the Future Minute is over. Hey, it's okay, man. You got Spider-Man Minute. You got the Doctor's Companion. What more do you want? What? You want your favorite uh, scientist and little uh, little assistant? You want me to do Doc and Marty? <gasps> right? You'll get over it. You'll be fine. Oh, who the hell put this on? It's on random. For God's sake. Look, it's not that I want to keep doing Back to the Future Minute forever. I'm just trying to say that I need something a little more. I want to get out there and do interesting stuff. Podcast a little. And I'd love to be able to do it with you, but I want you to want to do it too. I agree. We should get out there, but what can we do? How about a Cornetto? A Cornetto? Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy. First, we'll start with a bite of Shaun of the Dead. Then, we'll take some shots of hot fuzz, and later, we'll wrap it all up with a couple of pints at the world's end. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! The Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we take car, go to mums, kill Phil, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, and have a nice cold pint one minute at a time. It all blows over starting with Shaun of the Dead this October at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre. Okay. Uh, Harry and Draco. And Lucius. <sighs> I, um... I thought the breakdown of the week was going to be different. I didn't realize you were going to get Lucius Malfoy stuff. I thought that it was going to be the like a separate week. And then I, we've had enough extended sequences that it kind of pushed pushed uh, pushed your week back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, here we go. Are you ready, Victoria? You ready? Yeah. We, we solemnly swear we're up to no good. good. Chamber of Minutes, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute, one book-filled minute at a time. <laughs> Why have I not done that yet this week? Are you, what is wrong For with shame. me? For shame. For shame. Uh, I'm Gary Roby. And I'm Victoria Cope. And we have Nick Jimenez joining us once more. Welcome back, Nick. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Hello. Of course. Of course. Uh, today we are talking about Minute 24. Minute 24 starts with Draco ripping the page out of a book. Oh my God, that drives me crazy. And it ends with with a, with a very, very wise line from Hermione. Yeah, like... Uh, which we'll talk about at the end of the And minute. almost... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. I just want to do right at the top. Uh, <laughs> Draco's looking super, like, just the, just the presence of Tom Felton. Just the, He's doing so much. His little eyebrows when he rips the page. It's... Yeah. Just the, yeah. The, the, the kids are just so... 
it's so much good. more. I brought this up earlier in the week, but they're so they're visibly more comfortable in these roles in this one, and they're just they're inha- they're inhabiting these characters more enthusiastically than I think last time. Like Tom Felton is really just living in Malfoy at this moment, mm-hmm. getting to kind of like they know who the they know who their characters are now, and so they have the confidence to sort of like play with that a little bit more mm-hmm. which i like I, I we definitely see a lot of I, I think that it's something that grows a lot over the course of the movies it's really interesting to see um i i think i think my favorite tom felton my favorite malfoy bits are all almost all from half-blood prince because oh, yeah. it's such a different He's right. There's he. He has more to do. That's his like showcase. I think movies like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of interviews of Tom Felton talking about that uh, sort of behind the scenes of just like, oh, it was so it was so interesting to actually get to like wrestle with this or have this character that has a struggle that we didn't see before. Yeah, that isn't just like a bully, oh. like a stock bully. Yes. Uh, yep. I love the photographer just running out of the bookshop. Mm-hmm. He got his photo. He's like, oh yeah, like I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. We gotta go run this right now. Stop yeah, the press. Gotta get out. We gotta get this. How ready. how quick do you think the turnaround is for magical newspapers? Well, for the Daily Prophet, they probably don't do a lot of fact checking. It's, <laughs> it's. I assume that it's quite similar to like an actual newspaper. It's just the difference is they wouldn't feel as rushed because they have magical stuff to help. Okay, them? wait. No, I now know. I have. Wait, I have a whole different question because of, because of the nature of flourish and blots. Um, do they use a printing press? Oh, or is there like a magical way of creating? Of, like, I'm of sure there's the some together? stupid, not as useful magic way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that any any time that we see like, m- yeah, Muggle technology is definitely like removed from the magical world, like almost like, completely. Yeah, I was almost pretty much completely. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I was just thinking of, like, newspapers running on a press and being like, that's probably not how this happens. No. I, there's oh, an 80% chance that it involves house elves. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. Oh, man. House elves are really the ones putting together. They're secretly everywhere, and we just don't see them. Yeah. They're the behind the scenes of everywhere. Yeah. They're yeah. the true unwashed oh, man. masses. That's crazy. Again, it's kind of like reminiscent of that whole like the whole slavery thing. Like, if you had a, a slave, like the, the the best way that you wanted them to serve your household is to make themselves as little seen and known as mm-hmm. possible. I'll be in my room making no noise and pretending that I don't exist. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, the, they don't get the benefit of a room. The twins are matching always. Actually, I think that I think the twins we discussed outfits, that. I think they yeah, did it on purpose. I yeah, I definitely think the twins dress in the same outfits because they know that people can't tell them apart, and I think that they relish in that. Yes. Yeah, they're so they're like the cutesy thing when you're a parent and doing it on purpose. They're yeah. somehow even though even though they're teenagers, they have such a strong sense of self that they they don't care if they get mixed up. They find it funny. Yeah. 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 Not like offended, like oh, how dare you, like yeah. not know. It's, yeah, it's all in, in good fun, like mm-hmm. all ribbing. And yeah, and we don't we don't ever see them dress distinctly until until the last movies, until yeah. Deathly Hallows. Which you know, no, that's not uh, true. Until Half Blood Prince. Yeah, I think when we go to, I think when we go to their shop in Diagon Alley, even in the Prince, ball, they're wearing different outfits. The for the ball. No, in the books they go to the ball, but in the movies I don't think they show them. I don't remember. 
I don't remember either. We'll We're get terrible. to that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they dress alike very deliberately mm-hmm. all the time. All the time. I'm not Fred, he is. Honestly, woman, you call yourself You call my yourself my mother. They're reading the same book? Are they? Oh man, that makes me happy. <laughs> Oh, it's oh yeah. They're oh. they're literally like it's like one's looking over the shoulder uh-huh. of the other one looking in the same book. My, it's, That's cute. It's got to be. It's almost always like Fred then George, when we see the two of them. We never hear the name. It's always Fred and George. Uh huh. Never I, George and Fred. Yeah. But I, I mean, I just like in the. I think as a result of that, um, the the nature seems to be. Fred to be the, like, kind of go-getter. Like, Fred probably picked this book up from somewhere. Like, hey, check this out. Like, isn't this funny? Yeah. And uh, like, and George is standing there, like, watching it or reading it with him. Maybe they're, like, hating. We got Percy kind of has his back to them, but he's also got stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, it's I think, I think that it's, it's, I think that this is a, um, a Lockhart title. And they're just like, this guy. He Look at the things he says he did. He did. <laughs> I So I definitely, I definitely have, like, notes about angry draco and notes about like harry being famous and like like draco's view of harry's fame is definitely that like not that harry relishes in it but that that um no but from an outside perspective i totally believe that draco thinks that thinks harry, that harry is okay relishes it. in it yeah that, it's the same thing with with snape like you don't know like our newest celebrity yeah absolutely he totally just assumes that and and believe truly believes that harry is just relishing in the celebrity mm-hmm. that he would be just like his father and just like eat it up popular guy like yeah, yeah like give me all this attention like i love it type of thing mm-hmm. so i think that's where a lot of that animosity of course comes from yeah, and we talked about it yesterday. Like, Gildroy definitely expects that Harry is going to react to fame in that way, too, because that's how he deals with his celebrity. Mm-hmm. He, like, relishes in it. Yes. Um, whereas Draco sort of despises it. This, like, oh, famous Potter. Like, the, just... the, the fact that someone would be famous for, like, Technically not Famous doing anything. Famous for something he never even... Yeah, exactly. You didn't do anything. Like, you survived something. Like, that shouldn't make you a hero. Well, and, and he's right. And also, it's there... He's famous for proving their ideology wrong. He's he's like a walking reminder exactly. yeah. that, you know, Lucius's... The things, the things that he taught Draco are wrong. Are wrong. And, and as we... Yeah. You know, as anyone yeah. who's been on the internet, people don't like to be reminded that they're wrong. They can react very no. angrily and very hatefully towards people that embody mm-hmm. embody things that they think challenge them or say more reveal he, exactly. it's fear that they'll reveal that their way has actually been incorrect mm-hmm. yeah and so so we, we get we actually will get that two pretty big moments from draco in this movie like right now we have him kind of butting heads with harry about harry's fame and uh harry being famous for for kind of taking down the most powerful what was seen as the most powerful dark wizard of all time the the this guy that mm-hmm. was leading the pure blood thing like the malfoys definitely embody the like the aristocracy of like an old world like the culture is dated back like it it doesn't look like wizarding culture doesn't seem to have evolved past medievalism it's still it's hogwarts castle and and 
their swords. The, the noble house of black. Yeah. And, um, and that sort of idea. Whereas the Weasleys are seen as blood... Tra- I guess we should talk about this more tomorrow. The Weasleys are seen as blood traitors... And, 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 and Arthur Weasley embodies the, the new world, the, the, the ex- bureaucratic, the accepting, mm-hmm, like, like governmental yeah. thing rather than like people that have power because they come from blood. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Arthur Weasley is a reminder to Lucius that you can be pure blood and not a prick. And yeah, that, and yes. a good guy, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, and again, like we, we, we see that in the world, you know, whether it's politics or, or, you know, racism or world events, it's like, no, no, no. Well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're proving, you're proving me wrong. No, you have to be mean to these people. If you're showing them that you can be decent and kind, that just means that I'm bad and that can't be true because I'm me. Yeah. Because I'm me and I'm awesome. Like, yeah, it's like, you're, no. you're, you're well, never and, 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 the bad and, and, guy. Draco has probably been told his whole life about how, like, special and important, like, oh, you're, like, from this noble lineage and you're a pure blood wizard and that makes you better than everybody else. And and so he um, he has a, a moment of butting heads with, with Hermione that's going to happen later in this movie, and it's nasty. Yeah, it's not nice. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, and we see and Arthur Weasley, like... It's just Weasley, another, like, another thing. Yeah, we see him happily conversing with Hermione's parents, you know? Like... Yeah, interested and earned friends. I'm totally accepting. Yeah, very moment. Accepting. I think that's that's tomorrow too, right? When he's like, oh, oh yeah, that's definitely tomorrow. It's like the response to her her wise uh, her, her yeah end. her wise words. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it's really, it's just really, it's really good. Uh, Jason Isaacs. Yes, yes. Let's talk. So, so, so Draco, Draco, of course, is like giving Harry an earful. And <laughs> the kind business. of sneering at him and, and whatever. We get we get that brief moment of Ginny stepping up to to <laughs> face Draco. She like literally has to like look up at him. Like little she's, she's got little. spunk. There is of course she's a, a, a Gryffindor. She's a fiery redhead, you know. Mm-hmm. She's she hasn't even been sorted. All yet. the personality no already. No, one. no. Nope, mm-hmm. not yet. She's like, already, you don't even know what she is yet. You can you can already see that that's where she's gonna be. And it's not it's not because she's just another Weasley. Like it's definitely She got that boldness. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, it's such a little moment, but it I really like it. does come to pay off when, you know, Order of the Phoenix rolls around and we're asked to believe that, that these two mm-hmm. would fall into romantic love with each other. Yeah. Well yeah, and it's not Harry doesn't Draco sneers like, Oh, Potter's got himself a girlfriend and Harry doesn't go, she's not my girlfriend. Like, no, like there's no pulling oh, away of that, that thing. Well, for a, it, that's very mature for a 12 year old boy that he didn't like automatically do that. Yeah. Automatically kind of push away from that. Like, no, I don't, she's not my girlfriend. Ew. Gross. Um, yeah, Ew, yeah, girls. exactly. Girls. Like he just, <laughs> he just kind of takes it in and then, and then we get, of course, Lucius steps in. He, I want to say, I He sees I it love, for what it is, and it's just Draco being, like, goading, uh-huh. trying to goad a reaction out of him. Exactly. And he's exactly. just like, whatever, I'm not going to fall into your bullcrap. I <laughs> love, love Draco's face when his father's cane taps his shoulder. Oh, I know. <laughs> because he, like, he, like, looks at the cane on his shoulder, and then he kind of, like, rolls his eyes and, like, look, oh, and then uh, just, like, takes a step to the side, like, I, like, you know who it is. It's uh-huh. just like, whatever. Okay, well, yeah. dad. Well, and, it, and Lucius tells him, Lucius tells him, play nicely, which yeah. I think is <laughs> really silly, and I love it. Well, it kind of it reveals. Oh, which, again, is done on purpose to embarrass him. Like, he's not nice to his son. No. 
Like, ugh. I'm sorry, Nick. You started to say something. No, I was just gonna say it. Um, it it uh, it reveals status, I guess. You know, for Draco, it's like yeah. he's not the top dog anymore. It's his dad, and he he does it in front of his. Yeah, friends. his dad is here. Mm-hmm. We should so, Jason Isaacs. We we talked about him briefly. We because we're doing an extended cut of this movie. Uh, we actually saw Draco. Uh, no, we saw Lucius last week in Borgen and Burks as he was like selling some of his merch. Um, because the raids that are happening, but in the theatrical cut, like this is our introduction to Lucius Malfoy, and it's uh, it's him kind of stepping in behind his son to, uh, to 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 introduce himself to Harry, and I, I it, it's very classy of him. He calls him Mister Potter, mm-hmm. and I think I think next. I think tomorrow he calls Hermione Miss Granger. Like, it's very formal. Mm-hmm. He does not Despite speak to the them like their children. Like, no, definitely not. It's interesting that that's Is the that case. how he is to all children? It's kind of weirdly respectful. I don't know, do you? Right? We but it, almost in a way, like, if you were a child and an adult was to talk to you that way, you wouldn't necessarily like, feel like, oh, I'm being respected. Yeah, you would feel so, like, oh. Why are you calling me Mr. Roby? It's like, <laughs> am I in trouble? Like, what? I, like what's going on? Yeah. Like, why are you calling me that? Do you be, think, I don't know. Do you think Draco it's intimi- has, I think it's an like, intimidation tactic, maybe. friends come over? No. What's, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. No, I'm, I don't uh, think so. I think the only time that Crab and Goyle are at the house are when, like, the parents Crab oh, and exactly. Goyle, like, the other former Death Eaters are there. Yeah, exactly. I bet, I bet, like, I bet, like, uh, like, Crab and Goyle, Pavardi. Is, wait, is Pavardi? No, that's not. Uh, who, who's the girl? No, that's, uh, she's one of the Patils. Um, yeah. Who's the girl? Ramilda Vane. Ramilda Vane, yeah. Blaze Zabini, too. Mm-hmm. I think there's, like, there's a handful of these Slytherins that, like, have families that go back to Death Eaters and just old pure blood lines that, uh, butt heads here it's a whole thing i don't know i don't know he definitely yeah he definitely like kind of sneers he's got like a like there's such an arrogance to him jason isaacs is so good thinks that he he knows that he's better than everybody yeah yeah no like we we talk about like draco kind of butting against that realizing that like they're being challenged about whether or not like it's worth or like what his status is mm-hmm. as a pureblood. But but for Lucius, um, Lucius was influential and had the ear of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And I think I think as far as we can tell from from the people that are supporting Voldemort, Lucius is probably the most I don't know if it's the most noble, the most pure of blood, like has the, like I, it feels to me that the Malfoys have a bloodline that runs back further than any of the other pure blood families or like wizards that we, other than maybe Bellatrix and the blacks. I don't know. But he's got this swagger and, and it was good for, like it worked for him, right? Like not only was he a pure blood, but he's a pure blood with status and He's supporting a, this person in, who's going to give him more power. And so the, the Harry deposing Voldemort is almost a personal affront to Lucius. And we, we kind of see that in, in Lucius pulling Harry forward and 
looking like like checking his scar, using his cane to like push back Harry's hair to 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 talk about the power that Voldemort had, the scar that is legend kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's just uh, and of course Harry's like it's intense and and knowing that Jason Isaacs is 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 in in real life a, a warm, lovely, considerate man just makes his performance all the more delicious. I think. <laughs> yeah, right. That's just that's just how good he is. You you think? I mean. Especially as because he's such like a like a kind of laid back down to earth guy, like it must be so much fun to play this kind of character, someone who's so outside the like. Well, I can imagine for any actor who, after a while, like you know, they're so used to being this type of person, and then you get a role that you get to be like uh-huh. absolutely bad or something like that. It'd probably be there's really fun. Something delicious about yeah. It. Like, oh. Oh, it's so good. I know you mentioned this that the start of this minute was going to begin with that, and you asked me off mic if we yeah, were going to talk. We're going to talk about him okay. ripping the page out of this book. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to talk? Do we want to talk about Nick? Have you heard this? Um, this uh, this theory. this theory about Draco Malfoy pulling this page out of this book? No, I'd love to hear it. Uh, there, there's a theory online about Draco taking this page out of this book because it's shown to you and it seems like it's shown to you in the movie like very purposely like why do you need to see him tearing this one page out of a book it's not like he's terrorizing a like like ter- tearing out a he's bunch not, of page yeah. out of a book he's not like going all nuts like he some, made like, the choice to rip to this page this page out of this book uh-huh and the whole thing hinges on like when they find hermione later on petrified that she has a torn piece of a book in her hand that is the clue to them that it's a basilisk is yeah. it's a basilisk like page from a book well then it's definitely like i think that this is a movie thing like i think that it's just a note that's scrawled that she yeah has. like because hermione hermione would never rip a page out of a exactly book. which is like what everyone's like like thing saying like hermione loves books so much that she would never rip a page out of a book so why does she have this page of a book in her hand other than like you saw earlier in the movie that Draco ripped a page out of a book. And so, so the theory so what is if, that like, he, Draco gave this information to her. Maybe, mind. maybe not gave it to her directly, but like snuck it in her bag, snuck it something in like something that. that knew that she would get it. Which I, I don't know. Which I don't I, know how I feel about that. Like, I don't think I, li- I don't think I like it. I think it's giving Draco too much credit. And I think it's giving him too much insight into what's going to happen. Like, I don't think that even, I don't think even Lucius really knows what's going to happen when he gets rid no, of his diary. No, most likely. I just find it a very interesting choice on the movie's part to show him purposely ripping this page out of a book. Do you think it's just for us, us? Okay, okay. Over. No, no, no. I, do you think, do you think it's because like all of us who are watching this movie are fans of the books mm-hmm. for the most part. Right. And so we, we, the readers are book lovers and we're Draco is such an unlikable character. <laughs> we're going to have to, to make sure that you know that he's a bad kid. He's going to tear a page out of a book, something that none of us, the audience would ever consider doing. That's a little silly. Cause it's literally just one page out of a book. And it's so like, it looks, it looks very deliberate. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Um, at the same time, it's like um, people who like bad characters. Like you don't really. Oh have yeah. A, that, that, there's definitely people out there who love Draco for yeah. whatever reason, and I feel like sometimes when you f- like a character so much, you're willing to kind of shoot that you're willing to like yeah Except to like figure theory. out something else. That's let's like, find some way to make him a little bit better to redeem than he really them. Is. Yeah. Isn't that so weird? Like you. 
you know, people people worry so much about like, oh, like not 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 people, but you know, sometimes you hear interviews or read interviews with actors where like, were you worried about playing such an unlikable character? But like, that's always everyone's favorite person. Yeah, right. Like, I want to be the one in which like no one's gonna like me. Like, in, like, like, imagine being in character and walking around a set and he would just look at you and they just don't like, like, yeah, oh. that, that, that's kind of nice. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this so good that even offset. Like, uh, on this same topic, this is something we won't get to talk about for a long time. So I'm OK with talking about it on this same topic. Uh, Harry Potter. Uh, no, Dan Radcliffe. I'm calling him Harry Potter. Dan Radcliffe very deliberately avoided having conversations with Ralph Fiennes about anything on Mm -hmm. set Mm -hmm. because he didn't want it to influence the way he saw Voldemort. Right. Because if he knew more personally Ray Fiennes as this nice, wonderful human being, then it'll be harder for him to encapsulate the, like, terror and fear that this character is supposed to instill. It's it's kind of like what's interesting about movies that have child actors anyway. Uh, is you want the best reaction out of, like, these children, no matter how age, especially around this age or younger or whatever. You want, like, a more genuine reaction. And there's lots of, I mean, there's other movies, I'm sure, in which people stay in character or avoid each other Uh or that kind of thing. I think I read recently that in that movie... um, Santa Claus, the one with Tim Allen. Okay. That like between between takes, he literally acted like Santa Claus around everyone else because what? the little kids, what? the little kids they hired to be elves, literally thought he was Santa Claus. Oh, that's so cute. So he just stayed being Santa Claus when they weren't like filming. That's also too much, but it's so it's it's kind adorable, of right? Because they're little kids; they don't know. The most recent story I heard kind of related to that was uh, that uh, Bill Skarsgård, the actor that played uh, Pennywise the Dancing Clown, purposefully yeah. like oh. kept himself hidden until uh, I think it's a scene where he like grabs the boy's face. Like when they, when they go to the house, kind of like halfway uh-huh. through the movie, like, I think it was like his reaction is like the first time he saw Pennywise, like in full makeup and stuff. Yeah. Oh my. See, for a scary movie, that's Um, even better. Oh my gosh. Like hiding yourself out until like, until you have to mm -hmm. be seen. Oh, and then the, the, I feel like, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I feel like that's, I I feel like that relates to this. I think that there's a moment in Harry Potter that is exactly like that. I'm tracking my brain trying to remember when it happens. And I can't. I think Uh, it's a very interesting choice. When Daniel Radcliffe and Bonnie Wright kiss in Order of the Phoenix, that was actually uh, Daniel Radcliffe's first kiss. I'm just kidding. I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> just, I, I, don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a lot of the movies that have like kids that are that age when they kiss is mm-hmm. usually like the first one. Like even in Stranger Things, I think like it was David Harbour, Millie Bobby Brown's first. Yeah, but not Finn Wolfhard's. Like he Uh-oh. admitted that it wasn't his first. Interesting. I was like, oh, well, he's in a, well, right. he's in a, he's in right. a band, you guys. He's in a band. He's probably had lots oh, of. Oh, cool. is he really? Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh my, he's he's like some, yeah, I think I saw that on Instagram the other day that he's in like some some rock band. I'm like, ah, good for him. Yeah, yeah right. That's cute. It's, w- w- it's going to Those Stranger Things kids are, are, are very talented. Very talented. Very talented. I wouldn't imagine, I could imagine like their careers would yeah. shoot off. Like It'll in, be super interesting to see like, yeah, where they're going to be in like a decade or two. I feel like poor Rupert Grant didn't get much of that. No, he he you know. bought an ice cream truck. No, nah, yeah, he, he he's he's okay with being an ice cream man, I guess. Well, no, he, I mean, he does other roles. He now. does other stuff. Yeah, he's a character actor. Like, Dan, I saw like, him Emma in some Watson. Billboards. Definitely is the one. Yeah, 
Emma Watson's definitely the one that like out of the three. I think that, that the most... I think Emma Watson is still Hermione. Like yeah. I think that I think that like she was so much of like that's so much of who she was prior to playing the character. Her being Belle just made so much sense. I'm like, oh, it's a character who loved books. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Of course. You're still Hermione. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like this fits really well. That's so good. Although I have to say, so, as a as a movie nerd, I I have been a big fan of uh, of a lot of Daniel Radcliffe's post Potter choices. Yes, I agree with you. I don't think I've seen I've seen a few of the stuff that he's done. Like I've seen Horns, and we saw what was we that one that Victor we watched? Frankenstein. Victor Frankenstein. I really really like. Um, oh, Kill Your Darlings. The I haven't seen oh, that. Yeah. The Swiss Army Man was nice. Oh, I, I love Swiss, Swiss Army, Army Man. Man. I mean. I've heard oh, so many so good things about good. It's so good. I mean, he doesn't act much in it. <laughs> um, I was just going to say he's really good in Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh? I was, was so conflicted about that movie by the end of that movie, but I, d- I really enjoyed. It was interesting. Like, there was definitely some redeeming parts in it, but I feel like there was definitely some other parts that were questionable at best. No, it's it a garbage so fire. It's a, it's a real garbage fire. <laughs> Daniel, Radcliffe, Daniel Radcliffe is physically... Just I just remember the scene where his like back is being repaired. I'm like, God, you don't need to yeah. do yeah, this yeah. much work in this in this it, whatever. In this but yeah, fire. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, good for good for you. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Oh, I'm still eventually gonna see Kill Your Darlings. Like, I'll get there eventually. I think I have. I think I have a digital copy. And we'll you still need. Watch it and you need to still see Swiss Army Man. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll get there. And then if I if I knew one that he hadn't seen, I would tell Nick and Nick, you have to watch this. Go watch, yeah. Go watch Horns. I don't know. Horns is so good. I've also like heard there's one where he uh, he infiltrates a, a neo Nazi group, and I haven't seen that, but I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about. That I think one? it's Imperium. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about it at one point. Um, he's got a handful of other roles that he's done that I haven't seen either, but. Right, not huge things, but they're they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So the only thing we have left in this minute is just like the tail end of this like this bit of conversation with Lucius, when Lucius is sort of idolizing Voldemort and hmm. and Harry says like Voldemort killed my parents he was nothing more than a murderer, and and Lucius's response is like you must be very brave to use his name or very foolish, and then mm-hmm. and then we get this wonderful Hermione moment where she says like. Fear of a name only increases fear of the thing itself. Very true. Which is very wise for a 12-year-old girl. Well, she's the greatest uh, witch of her age. Is. But exactly. Yes, exactly. I'm like, she's exactly. very mature. <laughs> I also, like, I brought this up a little bit in season one because we talked about, like, people not using Voldemort's name and calling him he who must not be named or you know who or whatever. The Dark else. Lord. Whatever. The Dark Lord, yeah. And and the reason for that is never explained directly in the books, but we know that in Deathly Hallows that, that there's sort of a trace on his name. Like, people use the name Voldemort and Snatchers show up. Mm-hmm. There's a connection there. So, so people literally are avoiding saying his name because, because oh, you'll summon Voldemort or something. Like, and so, so people become afraid of the name of Voldemort. And to this day, 13 years later, people are still afraid to say his name. People are still afraid of like, oh, he's going to return or whatever. Like, I just, it's fascinating to me. 
I mean, yeah, it it just nothing feels a, nothing kills yeah. a room like mentioning Hitler. Yeah, you know, like and look how many years but, later but, it is. I th- yeah, and and it's such a wise it's such a wise um, thing for a, a children's story to say, which is like, no, you can't hide the thing that scares you. You have to live in it. You have to let it go through you so that you can mm-hmm. see that it has no mm-hmm. power over you. I, I love how how Joe like ties these really, really good, meaningful messages to what are ostensibly children's books. Yeah, she weaves them in there nice. This entire book is about prejudice and about status and just all all of all of those things. Like there's so many, so many good lessons to be learned from this kids story like i've seen so many articles online that talk about like oh kids who grew up to to reading harry potter are like more compassionate and more understanding and like and i think it's absolutely a result. <laughs> basically they're better people it's absolutely a result of the themes that are happening under the surface of this movie Mm-hmm. Like, we can look at it and be like, oh, this is a story about, like, oh, like, there's a mystery, something dangerous is happening, and people are getting hurt, and Harry's got to go save the day. But, like, that's not really what this movie is about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and just, I'm lo- looking back, you know, now that I'm, you know, more or less an adult, and I've, I have my my opinions and I have I get yeah, that. And, and I have, you know, I have things that I am passionate about, you know, and I have things that make me angry and want to speak out and 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 sometimes even march and and stuff like that and it's it's mm-hmm. i you can definitely trace my personal philosophy back to reading harry potter at a young age and these being the yeah. kind, of, kind of the first books that i fell in love with because yeah it is a story about equality and standing up for people who are being uh stood on and 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 yeah. you know the yeah, power yeah. of decency and kindness yeah I I agree completely. 100%. It's amazing. I can't think of another I can't think of another children's series that so deftly deals with these sort of things. It, yeah. it's just It's great. It's really I, <laughs> I think that I think that that's really the reason that these hold up so much is that it's like the issues are still issues that yeah, are going Everything that's happening here is stuff that we still era, see happening basically. in in our world today yeah, like yeah. Of course, of course, these it's stories not, are going to continue to resonate with people for for a long it's, time. It's not like you read it and it's so obviously dated. It's yeah. Well, know. I think I think also the benefit of like the Wizarding World is still in the past. Like they yeah. still are like they 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 live in antiquity to the, to a sense. So that like you forget that it's supposed to be 1993 right now or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. It could be any year. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just about like the the car comes from the '60s, so like that doesn't date the movie at all. Like, there's nothing there's nothing concrete in here anywhere to to date the movie as like, oh well, this is when this takes place. <laughs> no one's walking around with Walkmans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's um, the '90s, like neon clothes and all that kind of stuff. Could you imagine neon robes? Could you imagine? <laughs> All of our if 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 all of our characters dress themselves the way that like from like from the era from yeah, the nineties yeah like in contemporary nineties style like outfits and I'm, I'm I'm sure there's 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 great. bountiful amount of of art on Tumblr doing just that I'm I'm sure fan art abound lots of it I'm gonna oh. go I'm gonna go find this I need to find this <laughs> they're all they're listening to all the great nineties nineties music and uh, 
Yeah. 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 All the girls with the Lisa Frank and. Oh man, you're right. You're so. Right. <laughs> Slap bracelets. Slap bracelets. I thought those were eighties, maybe eighties, nineties. I think no, they no. carried a little bit into the nineties. We had. Some. I had slab bracelets. Yeah. I think we've gotten far enough away <laughs> from this minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything else for today, Nick? No, I'm feel? good. If you guys are good, yeah, I think uh, I think we're good. Uh, everybody, f- uh, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, find us, of course, on DuelingGenre.com. Go check out um, Cornetto Minute and Back to the Future Minute. Uh, and all the other shows. I could sit here and list the the shows on Dueling Genre for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all so good. Go check out all the shows because I, I think the network has grown so much and it's it's just a delight to be part of. Um, and then, yeah, come back tomorrow as we wrap up the week with Minute 25 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Later, guys. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.